0: Oh my God. Welcome back to 10th Street Hooligans. I'm your host, John uh, Sl- Johnny Slivers. I'm Johnny Slivers, right? I Doesn't even
1: know you. his own I name. I don't even
0: know who I am anymore. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with an episode. We're going to talk about some more of the spark. We're going to talk about some 3D printing. But first, we're going to talk about our sponsor, Cardsphere.com. For all of your paper, Magic gathering needs, buy, sell, and trade online at Cardsphere.com. Also, we like to spotlight a charity every single episode, or usually once a month we go with a mental health charity, but there was a special request for a friend of ours. For those of you who may know him, Cody Smith, he is a gentleman who works with John Dunning over at one of the other shows for this channel. He's also a podcaster for the, uh, I think, MTG Fishcast. He's like exclusive Merfolk podcast. Um, He is, let me do a little share here, screen sharing. Wait for it. We'll get there. So his... His wife had an accident, Um, she was on deployment, she had a bad fall, and she's currently, I believe she had surgery this past month, just yesterday, and uh, Cody wanted me to spotlight the Fisher House Foundation, this is the group that has been helping him with a place to stay and helping with accommodations, just being like a support network for military families. Uh, Cody wanted us to give this one a shout-out. Usually we go mental health, but this is for a member of the community who's near and dear to us and we want to do give them our support. So rather than throw your money at a booster pack, take five bucks and send to the donate right here. Click, click and just do what you can. They're helping out one of our community members. Let's pay it forward a little bit. And uh, that is our charity. And today we're going to introduce our guests. Uh, First up, we have a article columnist, EDH columnist for EDH Rec and a 3D printer, Kaya Vest. Say hello.
2: Hi, everyone. <laughs> Great to be here.
0: And also another 3D printer and magic card aficionado. A modern player, but likes to play EDH casual, so that's good. Uh, we have Colin from the Game Gesture. Gesture game. Introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. I'm Colin. And as always, the infamous coach. Please say hello.
1: I mean... Everyone knows I'm here so <laughs> do I need any introductions I'm just You're I, the guy. I'm just I just show up He's I just guy. show up and work that's all I do <laughs>
0: so today we have our two primary topics we just had a pre-release and it is we're going to be talking about some pre-release feedback if we have any and also uh any of our favorite cards that we've seen from the sets um so let's start with colin i believe you had a chance to play in pre-release tell us about some of your experiences give us your top two favorite uh pre what are the, War of the spark cards that you ran into
3: Okay, um, so yeah, I went to a pre-release. I couldn't make the Midnight. I like sleep too much. Uh, mm. But Amass and Proliferate is nasty. It is nasty. I, I tried to go with a uh, Burn deck thinking, you know, it's consistent and fast, and I did the Tibolt so players couldn't gain life, but it, it didn't matter. The Proliferate was just too much. Um, as for my favorite cards in the deck, I, you know, uh, my first, my, my favorite character in all of Magic the Gathering is Krinko. So to see another Krinko is fantastic. Uh, but this one, you know, it's not as strong as the original, but that's all fine. And Danny Krinko's great. His story is amazing. And then always is Ugin. Ugin's just a
0: boss. And let's see. So, uh, I was the, I think I was the other one that did have a chance to get to the midnight release. God, that's painful. <laughs> Fortunately, fun fact, this, this came down from my LGS and what they had been talking to WotC midnight releases don't have to happen anymore starting in at magic Corset 2020 you will be able to go on a friday evening at a normal human being hour and actually play a pre-release before midnight so that is was fantastic news but the midnight that i went to i got to play some of the cards that i even highlighted in my article with card sphere recently um narset is does does a whole lot of work um It's not so much keeping the. It does mess up some of the cards where, like, what was that red card where you, like, pitch a card, you draw two and amass one? Like, basically, they just mill their hand out and nothing happens because Narset says no. And then uh, Ashiok, I milled someone out with Ashiok. That was pretty fantastic. Dovin and Obnixilis, these are uncommon planeswalkers. I can't believe they're uncommon. It's madness, absolute madness. But I made a blue black deck that just kind of grounded out. And with definitely with the amassed tokens, um, your bounce spells have a whole lot more power. Because if you bounce a token that's a six six, it's gone. It's fan- it's really pretty awesome. Um, and uh, Kaya, let's go to you. What do you like from the set? Although I know you didn't get to play a pre-release. What are your, some of your favorites um, as far as you know EDH and whatever whatever you're playing these days?
2: So yeah, unfortunately I didn't get to make it to the pre-release with the mother-in-law and all the other things going on. Um, so one of my favorite cards actually is Nars'et because she's kind of like a mini Leovold. I, I really like her ability. Um, and then my other favorite is the uh, God Eternal Kefirit, just because it's kind of chaotic and it's right up my alley.
0: <laughs> is God Eternal Kefrit Is that the that's the blue one, right?
2: Yeah, it's the uh, it's the blue flying. Um, you can reveal the card you draw each turn. You draw it um, whenever you reveal an instant or sorcery. Um, and then you can copy that card and when you cast a copy it copies the copy cost cost two less than the cast
1: That's insane
0: <laughs> And then uh, how about you coach? What do you got out of the set? What's what, now that we've all it's been totally spoiled in the well,
1: pre-release thought, Like as soon as I got home I was doing the stuff on arena so because for the pre-release I was actually in San Antonio. We had a uh, the regional track meet for uh, uh, our 5A conference, so we had girls that like basically dominated. They got second as a team overall. That was awesome. But uh, when I got back home, I was mostly working with just opening up all the boosters that I bought. And you know, I like simplicity, so like I was trying to. I've only played a couple games, so um, with Davriel, the Black Planeswalker, just a simple minus one player discards a card. Um, I've been pl- trying to play around with uh, the Shield Mage, just very simple stuff. But I did get the Bolus card, and I did get the Ugin card. So I'm trying to work my way into how are how are we going to do this to where I just steal all the powers when I have Bolus on the field. But so far, like you know, playing a two or three games, um, I like it so far. It's just chaos when there's like 36 different Planeswalkers you can choose from, plus all the stuff, all the previous Planeswalkers. From my earlier sets, it's just oh, this is going to be rough. So many strategies, so many things you could do. So yeah. that's all I got, Johnny. I
0: did. I did get a sense from players at my store that they were they were kind of not thrilled with the format being a bit grindy. Um, I don't know if any, I. Did, we definitely had games going to time, uh, and it was with the amassed tokens. It definitely slows things down. Like it's not like you have a clear cut shot to the finish there. like um, I think what Colleen said you were playing, trying to go like red burn and just didn't quite get there because things were just clogging up the board. And oh, that's yeah. what we we were running into that at RLTS. We were seeing a lot of the board stay getting clogged up. And um, I guess another thing that is, has anybody seen weird distribution of rares? This was something that came up when I stopped in earlier this week or just afterwards. Uh, I was talking to one of the store clerks. They cracked six boxes, 18, 18 pre-release kits like one Promo Lily and that was it. But they had seven Nicol Bolas. So I'm just wondering if anybody's oh. seeing, yeah, like weird distributions in their rares. So my, I got three pre-release packs and in
3: one of the packs, I got a, a Promo Teferi, um, a Lily, a Bolas, and the Jace. And then all the other ones were just meh. Hmm. And that was in one pack out of six packs. So it was,
0: it was crazy. And yeah, I guess I got, mine were spread out pretty even. I didn't really get any big wow planeswalkers, maybe Chandra, but it was really the uncommon ones are what pulled the game through for me. Um, I definitely forgot to talk about our, what are we drinking Drinking tonight?
1: Dude, we're way <laughs> past that. Like I know. I, I guess it's, people but, already assume we're just drunkards. We're, this, is why, like,
0: <laughs> this is why John runs the show and well, okay. So I'm hey, drinking- al- alcohol I'm for alcohol
1: for you guys is a well-oiled machine, all yeah, right? I'm, so I- I'm
0: not there yet. Hang on, let's get there. So I'm drinking Three Philosophers by Omega gang Oh, and it's bubbly. There we go. Oh, and it's build. Yeah. Oh, it's all foam. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Dirty. Moving on. <laughs> Kaya, what are you drinking? I think everyone should hear I'm- about what you're drinking.
2: I'm gonna call it a premium coffee. <laughs>
0: Just spice. How print. spicy is that coffee?
2: It is uh cinnamony, actually.
0: <laughs> Reddit wants to know. Thanks, Dixie. You're okay. no, causing trouble. Yeah, it's stirring stirring the pot. All right.
1: <laughs> but she but oh. she's doing it for a good cause. Yes. Absolutely doing it for a good cause. For all the good causes.
0: Uh, so let's see, any other favorites coming out of out of War of the Spark? Now that we've seen them all, we've had a chance to see some of them in action, any other little nuggets that just, like, got, get there for you? Like, you love to see in, in action.
1: I mean, yeah. I'm just, like, uh, you know what I'm excited about since now the new set's out, that I, since I've been working on that new MTG Dominaria timeline, like, part two, round two, I get to use all the new cards and all the new images. So now we're going to have an up-to-date... Like, how the hell did we get to this point? And I get to use all the fantastic cards from like the last year. So uh, that's the only thing I'm looking for as of right now, because I, I'm like, I'm trying to get all the pictures. I got the audio. I need to find some music bits. And then hopefully by the end of the week, it'll be assembled, ready to go. Another 45 minute video for you guys. But that's all I'm really excited about as of currently. And then once I get past that, then I'll get back to MTG Arena and standard and try to figure out what the hell's going on with the with the meta. So and then and, like the audiobook too, the MTG audio, the War of the Spark book. It's on Audible, apparently. That's the only MTG book on there. So yeah. I'm probably gonna get that, use one of my credits and read it or uh listen to it. So but <laughs> past that then we'll go on with war of the spark for me. I like to delay stuff. So
0: wait, they put one of their own official books straight to audio. So they're
1: they're cutting in. Absolutely did. Look at
0: you trend setting. You like, you, you you did it first and they're like, Hey, that's a good idea. And then we're going to do it.
1: No, no, it was no, I'm pretty sure they did this like six months in advance. I probably just, (laughs) I probably just, Hey, auto audible. I mean, you know what? An audiobook would be a fantastic idea. I'm probably still going to do the Brothers War, you know, for as a summertime project and release it during like two days in football season, because I'm going to be like content created out by the time like two days come around. So I need like plan ahead. But I think the Brothers War is be fantastic. I am going to read the book before again beforehand, so I know what the hell I'm saying. I don't have to stutter as much, so that way, you know, editing would take less time. And now that I'm familiar with Adobe Audition, now it's going to be a lot, a lot easier, too. So, but yeah, that's the only magic book that's on there right now. I don't know if they're going to do any more, but I did get requests for The Brothers Ward. I did get requests for uh, Planeswalker's Guide to Alara, which I might do that, too, because it's real short. It's like 160 pages. So I don't know.
0: All right. Colin, let's hop over to you. Outside of pre-release, what what do you see from War of the Spark that's really like got you excited? What do you what kind of broken shenanigans are you looking forward to? So there's one
3: card in particular that took me by surprise. Um, so the MG the Magic Arena season ended today, and the new season started. And there's a burn card that's basically a new Monastery Swift Spear, but standard. It's called Burning Prophet. It's a two-drop, one any, one red, a one-three. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it gets plus one, plus zero to end a turn, and then you scry one. And I put it in my burn deck, because in Arena, that's what I get to. And this morning, I started on, uh, when the new season kicked in, I started on gold two, and I'm already at uh, platinum three. And uh, No, sorry, diamond three. And this card is a workhorse. I mean, you get two of them out on the battlefield, and you play a shock. You scry one, then you scry the next one. You're just filtering through your deck left and right. And then that teamed up with a... Oh, I can't think of what it's called right now. Um, you're, the card that you uh, play a red spell, like it's plus one, plus one. You remove three counters from it. You get three red. Uh, I can't think oh, Steamkin. Right yeah, Steamkin. Steamkin. Steam yeah, so this with Runaway Steamkin... You can filter through the cards to if you don't want land, you can filter out land, and then this thing makes sure the top card on your library is a card you can play. So those two bump each other left and right, and it, I was just blowing through stuff. Like it was burning through a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have. Like I was playing against a, a really good Demir, uh Demir deck, and I, they had like three or four thought erasers, but because that I was uh, because I always knew it was on top of my library, I was I was ready for it, and I think burn with this stuff that's in there. I mean I was blowing through a mass and some pro, uh proliferate stuff way easier than I should because this little one three you play three instants or three sorceries and it's a it's a it's a four it's a four or three and it just swings and it's a
0: for a comment it's really good. That's that sounds pretty dirty. That's I'm glad to see it red is, pulling I like its it. weight that's pretty awesome. I'm a red player yeah. I love seeing that yeah. so now we're gonna go to Kaya. I'm gonna t- we're gonna, this, we're gonna, this is going to be our segue into another topic that we're getting into here. So, Kaya, you tweeted something not long ago regarding one of the War of the Spark cards. It was a great lineup with an EDH classic, this new card, a third card, and then a great almost like cardboard crack depiction of someone flipping a table. So why don't you tell us about some of your favorite from War of the Spark and what you plan to do with them with your poor friends who play EDH <laughs> with you?
2: Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of feel bad for the people who play with me. Um, so I, I'm so going back to one of my favorite cards, Kefrit, I'm really excited because I can cast like multiple Cruel Entertainments and Warp Worlds.
1: <laughs> Those poor souls. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Most people just kind of scoop at that point, but I tend to try to make them play it out if I can. <laughs>
1: You have to convince them. And they're like, hey, I'm about to beat your ass. So, but please stay. I want to yeah. see this go out. I'm going to enjoy it. And not so much you. You can't play <laughs> you Magic. You, but please how does that conversation seated. work?
2: So sometimes I've actually had people who were kind enough to play it out. And actually I ended up not being the winner happily, but the game kind of went on for six hours and <sighs> nobody had their own turn.
1: Wow.
2: <laughs> You're a um, monster!
1: Oh my god! Six <laughs> hours, like yeah, uh, that's like, like half of a Game of Thrones season right there.
2: Yeah, I I told them listen, I have nothing better to do, so we're we're gonna do this. <laughs> I got nowhere to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're stuck with me. Great. Much. Oh my god! So oh, like no
1: bueno. So
0: I was thinking like everybody has a cheeky little story. This sounds like your regular everyday EDH. How how many people play? E- oh,
1: you don't you? You're supposed to put it on silent or vibrate, dude. Come on, man. Professional. You're yep. supposed to be the professional in this like almost work relationship that we have. Oh, I, I, I I it was it was the beer. It's
0: the beer's fault. I'll blame. It.
2: We'll blame it on the beer.
0: I'll blame it on the beer. <laughs> yeah, almost no technical glitches. Almost we almost got Come there. on,
1: Johnny. Come well, on. What are we doing? Oopsie daisy.
2: That's Why we can't have nice things.
1: This is why we can't have nice things. I agree. It's broken. Are you happy now?
2: <laughs> you mean like I, how I break games and magic?
0: Uh-huh. I like or so stall, far, at the very
1: least. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so far. I don't have I don't have a laundry list of rage quit stories for myself, although I recently found a new appreciation for the Ferris card in EDH, which is Cyclonic Rift. Um and I it basically so one of the players at the table was going a full ham with uh, some, I don't know, it was like Jundi, Naya, whatever. Um, and he went into, he like, he kind of like, he was going in for the kill. And then our Baral mono blue player, the one who forced to a will, the goblin legionnaire, because the goblin player was a little too cheeky. Um, just went cyclonic rift and the salt, there was so much salt. I was like oh my god i i appreciate cyclonic rift it's it's not the action it's the breaking of the will to live and just basically just right there he's like i hate blue i hate blue I was like oh come on man it's and like,
1: see, like i like blue blue is awesome that's great for stuff like that for exactly cool. stuff like that
0: and it's it perfect. was like it was a good reality check like you know the the player was getting a little cocky, and that's fine. But you know sometimes they need the gut check, and that's where you get it. That's what. So that's why Cyclonic Rift is always going to be there because when somebody's, what's the overload cost on that? I'm like, is it nine seven. mana?
1: Seven. seven. So seven. When the
0: blue player's got seven mana up, you gotta be like,
1: um, do we do or this? Or did we just do? I've made a horrible mistake. Pixie, blue is the worst. No, it's not. You're. Ugh. Pixie's not wrong. Pix- blue is. Pixie pretty. is totally wrong. Blue is totally wrong in this one. Blue is
3: horrible. Gets in the way of all my red.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sir, sounds like a personal problem. But I,
0: I think I think sort of like, yeah, that was I could appreciate the card just because it's not that it's a game stopper. It's just like people don't know either don't know what to do with it or don't want to play through it, and that's that can be, it's just backbreaking, but I still loved watching that in action. It's like, I can, I just sat there. It was like, I'm going to keep playing. This is fine. It's, going for,
1: and it's like Conker. It's going for like 20 bucks right now on cards Nothing's here. Like so I mean,
0: 20,
1: yeah, it's wow. yeah, about know, it, just getting go. rid of mine and like, just moving on with life.
0: Yeah, you, go, like, you go Browsing yeah, some of these cards, like what, uh, Rhystic studies is up to $20. That's a common card. That's yeah. Ridiculous. But a common card from
1: like the nineties. It's true early I mean, it's 2000s. True. It
0: goes in every blue EDH deck. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. It's it sure why it's getting it, deck. But there's there's other cards I can't even think of them off to so I was reading through all the all the Theros gods are going nuts. Like Xenagos and Perforos, they're at $20. The there's a lot of EDH little staples. Like if you go looking through some of these EDH staples, go go to EDH rec and go and look at their top 100 cards and you just kind of browse through those prices. And they're definitely they were more than what I was used to seeing him at. This
1: this now that you brought well that you brought EDH up, this sounds like a job for Kaya. <laughs> I'm just saying we have her on here right now, Johnny. So you, I know. I mean that would it, man, you didn't even ask her if if you were gonna bring this up, you didn't even ask before. Come on, what are we doing? <laughs> Johnny, you're so, killing me, like, dude. Kaya I look like you... I'm gonna have to take over next week if John yeah, doesn't you, come you're back. Next week, all right? <laughs> He's gonna have to give me all the passwords. Yeah. You know what? You know what'd be funny is if we just change all the passwords and he can't get back on his channel.
3: keep <laughs> making podcast as them.
1: <laughs> make, make actual demand. Dude, he would be so. He would be so mad. That would be. But I would. Oh, uh,
0: that's probably why be, he gave them to me first.
1: <laughs> yeah he he doesn't. Yeah, obviously he doesn't trust me, which I don't even trust me, and I'm me. So. Uh, that's great.
0: Oh my gosh. So Colin, you you've got. You're you're a more a modern player, but you do play some EDH casually. Do you have what are your what are your favorite rage quit stories? Like what have you encountered as like these painful truths that people need to live through? Um, so my favorite
3: one ever. Uh, I went to a 200 person uh, modern event, and it was the first round of the event, and the event ended up going nine rounds. But first round, I was compared up against a uh, jazz guy control player, and I turned to kill them with infect.
1: See, yeah, I like I like so it. Mad. I like it. I like Infect and it's great. Yeah, I was, love
2: Infect.
1: Yeah, I, I I mean, mean,
0: Infect is, it just, it's so sweet because it is
1: because it you know it's not going to
3: happen that often because as soon as they stabilize, you're done. But it was, it was turn one, uh, Greenland. Uh, and then it was, uh, the blighted elf or blighted agent. And then I had in my hand, uh, Mutagenic growth. Uh, I had three mutagenic growths, and then I had um, blossoming, uh, blossoming defense. and just swung. All he did was able to put a land down, and he got so mad that he actually called a judge over, had him look through my deck to make sure it wasn't stacked. And I said, "Listen, you grabbed my deck. You didn't even cut it. You actually reshuffled it. So I actually have to thank you for this for this turn to win." <laughs> I didn't see him for the rest of the event. He dropped from our oh no it went so, potato yeah and it Correct. was it was it was an 80 dollar event to enter and oh, wow. one one game one match in and i didn't see him for the rest of the night and you better believe i was looking for him
0: oh
1: my god that's hilarious i could do a lot with like 80 bucks like man yeah so many so many 80 bucks is a lot yeah that's, i don't know much but that's a lot of money
0: that's pretty funny. There's I years ago when Infect was still in standard, I helped somebody make like a budget blue-black infect deck, and there was like throne of geth. If you sacrifice throne of geth to itself, you can proliferate. And it snuck up on this one guy who was always grinding out and making top four. And he like almost quit because he's like the guy who's playing the deck, it's like, who brewed the deck? It's like, oh, Johnny did this. It's like, oh, he shouldn't be brewing decks. And then he lost. And I was I heard the story afterwards. I was like, ha ha, yes. Yes. That's yeah, right
3: no, my in fact for modern is it's uh blue green and then I have uh a couple Apostles Blessing in there, but it's it's Phyrexian mana, so the the white doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, turn two, turn three is, is pretty common, especially people don't realize what they're playing against. But yeah. Yeah, and then turn and then two game- swing eight I'm six. Getting- yeah.
0: I'm guessing game two gets a little more difficult.
3: It really does. Uh, that's basically when I sideboard in a lot of my protect, a lot of my counters, things like that. Mm-hmm. But also with infect, I mean, Blossomy Defense, target creature gets plus two, plus two till end of turn, and uh, and that's Hexproof. True. Also, um, Vines of Vastwood, you pay it, you kick it, you get plus four, plus four, and basically you can't be the spell of target abilities. You know, it's infect has some built-in defense to help protect it, and it's, it's nice. I like it. Yeah. You know, funny,
2: speaking of Infect, I played a game with a guy once, and I had a uh, Voltron Skithrix deck, and I uh, I had him out by, like, turn two, turn three, and I had, like, all five swords on him at one point, and I had um, Swiftfoot boots on him, and the guy, I forgot what he did, but he somehow got rid of my Skithrix, and I was like... Okay, so I draw my card. I draw a Plague Stinger, and I played that, and I just aligned all of my stuff onto the Plague Stinger and swung for the kill.
0: <laughs> that's
3: nasty.
2: Very salty. Yeah.
0: Oh, great. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That, wait, now you was that? That's a Skitharix Tron EDH deck.
2: Yeah, I made like a, a Voltron Skitharix deck. Um, Pretty much my the idea of the deck was to get them out like turn two or turn three and have them swinging And I had like all of these artifact these equipment cards and all kinds of stuff in there It was pretty nasty.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) Is that was that for 1v1 or like multiplayer?
2: It was for 1v1 I played this tournament a couple years ago and it was this weird tournament where it was 1v1 but French rules so yeah it was weird because like everybody was playing zur the enchanter so like if i played against those guys i was pretty much done but for anybody i wasn't playing against like with zur uh i was i actually pretty much held my own pretty well but yeah it was weird <laughs> but <laughs> i got a lot of hate in that in those tournaments they actually made a rule to put the infect counter to 20.
1: Ooh.
3: That's and not never, right. <laughs> It's ten. It's 10.
2: Unfair. I only placed top eight twice. It's not like I ever won. But yeah, they they made that rule because a lot of people were really salty about losing against the deck.
0: And you know, you just sometimes you gotta take your salt and make margaritas with it for the love of God.
1: Just <laughs> exactly. What are you, you trying to? What are you trying to insinuate,
0: Johnny? Well, I'm just oh, trying oh, to say. Yeah. I'm just trying to say we're a wholesome entertainment show here and. Make the best of what you got.
1: Dude, yeah. you're, you are like, you are getting rid of that alcohol pretty nicely.
0: Yeah, I am. Which means it's probably time to talk about the subject that I know nothing about. And This,
1: this is where me. I have to take over
0: now. Because. Yeah, you will probably be taking over. So what we're moving on to at this point, and yeah, it's probably high time that, yep, it's time. We <laughs> should do this because the three guests, between Coach and our two guest hosts here, we have people talking about a format not on format it's a thing it's it's um 3d printing It's totally a thing it is totally a thing so the first thing i want to discuss or actually the first thing i want you three to discuss is how did you get into 3d printing i want to now coach you we've heard you've been doing this for a while why don't we start with you because you're our our resident 3d person and how did you get into this this
1: hobby this craft dnd plain and simple D and D fifth edition. When when I got into D and D, and I was introduced to Hero Forge, I was like, okay, now got to figure out a way to make these figures. Or I wonder, like, because I've I bought a three D printer like when I first got my teaching job, when I got my first gig, when I was like twenty two years old, and so that's when the Da Vinci X Y Z printer came out, and I was like, okay, this is cool. Ended up being a piece of crap, and. <laughs> basically I wanted to get back into it because I'm pretty sure like six years down the road, they should have made some like some upgrades and, and a lot better stuff. And oh boy, was I like entertained and surprised when they made like, like, like the company Creality was like awesome. And so like I got into, I I was trying to look into different, different printers. And finally I, I found one just a couple months ago, the Ender three. And it's like, it's awesome. Like this is the best printer I've had so far, and I've had plenty that I cycled through. Plenty I had to return to Amazon because of just weird crap that has happened. But yeah, I got into I got into three D printing because of D anD D, basically.
0: And Kaya, how about you? How did you get into three D printing?
2: So uh, one of my good friends actually did three D modeling for a video game um, that they were working on, and I always found a fascination to it. But um, I kind of So when I got into magic, I noticed some people online were like making their own counters and accessories and all kinds of stuff. So I was like, man, I really want to do that. So I had a friend, the same friend teach me how to 3d model that way, because I kind of wanted to, I pride myself in making my own stuff. And um, so they taught me how to 3d model. And um, I'll say like, one of the biggest challenges with uh 3D modeling was mastering the manipulation of vortex, or um uh vertexes. It was a big pain for me. Um but I eventually got the hang of it and eventually I went from making like these tiny little counters and things like that to making a bolus statue from like a single flame, which I have him kinda here. He looks like Frankenstein right now because my cap broke my original one. Mm. <laughs> so but anyways yeah that's what kind of got me into it and I really found that I loved making like magic ex- accessories and I actually got into making Warhammer terrain um because I I play this tabletop game called Warhammer and I make terrain and buildings and all kinds of stuff
1: and Warhammer has been around for quite some time so making terrain is like that that's pretty fun too or printing the terrain is pretty fun like um i got into sketchup the the online like designer program and so like i've been making prototypes of uh D &D tiles that attach and detach uh the universal tiles so you can basically take any tiles and connect them and they have a lock in and a lock out so that way you should be theoretically you should be able to take any of those tiles that i make and they should all go together with you know they lock and uh, they lock, or they, there's an out and an in, and obviously now my cat's like, dude, what are you doing? Go away, kitty. <laughs> see, this is all the, see, well, as soon as I let the cat in, she does this crap. Anyway, so yeah, the I I did SketchUp, and I started to make, like, universal tiles to where you can make, like, corners and rooms and all that stuff and different walls, so now I just have to really expand on it, because now I've got a Thingiverse account. And so I've been using Desktop Hero 3D. I've been using SketchUp to put all my designs up. And mm-hmm. so now I'm at like 140 followers in like a month, which is great. Because all I do is just design stuff, put it on there. And I put like a whole bunch of like different races on. That's and then awesome. like all the all the Hero Forge stuff, um, I'll probably put on there later. And just like, oh, here's what I've, here's what I had from like Hero Forge. Just go ahead and use them as you want. Because uh, a lot of stuff, There's there's a few things that, um hero forge does that uh desktop hero 3d doesn't um for instance I'm since i was i used to be a world history teacher and so i don't know if y'all could see this but i made basically a roman legionary um with the scutum shield and the the gladius so that's something that uh hero forge uh does that through desktop 3d doesn't uh doesn't do but here's another guy that i made just through desktop hero 3d and so That's actually a tower shield. It's more of like a crusader, and so that was from Desktop Hero. And so comparing that with the legionary from, uh, I mean, the legionary from uh, Hero Forge. I mean, they they have like different trade offs. So like one's free and one you got to pay like ten dollars for the file. But there are certain designs that I want, like the Roman Legion. If I needed to make something for like a history setting, I could I could do that. And then I made some other stuff like, uh, if you don't want humans, I've also made goblins on it too, because then they also have the different races. So that's like a little goblin archer. And this is from the three, all these are from the 3d, uh, from the ender 3d, uh, printer. So, I mean, it's, it's just awesome. This this is easily my best printer I've had. And then also now my D and D character. Oh, so this is, yep. Brawley battle mage. And I made him have the sun spear or the sun sword. Mm-hmm. From uh, Strahd and the Blood Spear from also the Sam campaign. So oh, Curse of
2: was one of my favorites. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was the, that was the first thing we got into when we and we started the campaign two years ago. We finished mm-hmm. probably like six months ago. Now we're in Waterdeep doing a different campaign, and so but I got to keep the Sun Sword, which is basically a lightsaber, mind you, and then the Sun Spear or this uh, the Blood Spear, which is like oh stab 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 killing blow. Get health back. So base and I'm I'm basically I'm a quadra character weirdly enough because I'm a uh, I started off as a paladin, then I went to one level of cleric just to get all the healing spells, then I went to three levels of Fighter, and now I'm one level wizard. So it's like um, my my character is like super diverse. He's a he's basically a big support character, but he does a lot of physical damage. So it's awesome, and I got to make him. It's great. And this is, like, the smoothest I've had them so far. You are the such, monopri- such, yeah. such a
0: nerd. I, I such am. A nerd. Like, hey,
1: hey, it works. All <laughs> so right.
2: Actually, may- my, my character in d d is really silly. Um, when I first started, I kind of uh, started playing on Strahd. And I was like, I want to be a dragon. Okay, I'm going to be a dragonborn. Okay, I want to be nine feet tall. And then I'm like, I'm going to be a rogue. <laughs> 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 so back, it's really stack, weird back. that this nine foot tall dragon is a rogue. Like I have to be <laughs> stealthy while be also being a derpy nine foot tall dragon.
0: Wow. Colin, <laughs> how you doing over there?
1: I'm doing
2: fine.
0: <laughs> Colin's just mind
1: again. is blown.
0: Why did you tell how you got it in three printing?
3: <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine a nine foot tall dragon uh rope that's
2: too
1: who tries to sneak around mind you yeah it's like saying <laughs> oh my character from like like my character's basically the giant from Game of Thrones from last season and he's trying to sneak around with a giant ass club and just happens to have the Syrian's head on top of it. Who spits acid and all kinds of other stuff? That's what we're talking about. I'm
2: the mountain.
3: 99 <laughs> nine,
1: uh, Jack's
3: okay. not sneaking anywhere, okay?
2: Yeah, I didn't think <laughs> that one through.
3: Jesus. <laughs> um, oh. So I got into 3D printing way back in eighth grade. And uh, so it was basically shop class. Uh, we had uh, a couple CNC machines, uh, a couple mills, and I really enjoyed the, uh, the woodworker. Like you'd build a design and then you would teach, the, you would tell the CNC where to cut, how to do things. And then you would take this, you know, solid brick or a piece of metal and it would just cut out where you told it to make the cuts, how deep mm-hmm. you told it to make the cuts. And then 3D printing is just the exact opposite. You make design. Instead of taking something to mill it down to nothing, you take nothing and build it up. And it just different level of creativity. And I have a friend um, who manages a machine shop. And anytime that he has a question of saying, "Hey, I need to do this. How would you do it?" or if I have a question saying, "Hey, I how would I do this?" they say, "Well, just I ask them what they would do, and I just do it backwards because it's kind of the same thing a little bit." But then, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And once you know, three D printers started getting reasonable and and usable for consumer products, or you know, for you know, to make money with, um, it was really easy to get into.
1: Yep, and here's the cat.
2: Aww. So
0: actually, Colin, you bring up a point. It wasn't necessarily in my outline, but it, we've uh, you all are going into the, your favorite games to print for already. So when you're talking about printing for like commission, like is this something? I think Kaya, have you done commission work too? I think that's the I, case. I
2: actually have. Funny enough, I kind of brought something that I was commissioned a little while ago, but I made a better one. But uh, some people ask for like, um, cosplay props. So I have the caster gun from uh, Outlaw Star here that I made. That's it's really uh, cool. in two Sweet. pieces because I'm trying to make it spring loaded, but it, it actually, I can load the bullet in and at everything.
0: <laughs> Sweet. And Colin, how about you? Are, you? are you doing any commission work with your stuff? I know you're doing with the, actually, tell us about you're doing commission work with your um, EDH specialty card holder thing.
3: Yes, give me one second.
0: One moment. Okay. Yeah. Um. So this is basically
3: um. So this is a commission work. So mainly. So I have four printers, and I do a lot of prototyping for companies. Hang on, hang
2: on.
1: And- Did you just
0: say you only have four printers?
3: Only four.
2: Only four. You
1: heard. You heard that, right, folks? He's only just four. scrubbing
0: it. Okay. Go ahead, Colin. Um, I do.
2: A- <laughs>
3: Yeah, I do a lot of work. Um, a lot of my commission work is people who are designing for a patent, or if there's a company looking to design something so they can get it into the molding process, they they send me, you know, what they're looking for, or they they have a rough sketch or something, and I three D print it for them. Whether they need a hinge or something to be spring loaded, I I make them about four or five different versions of it, and then I send it to them, and that's that's where a lot of my three D printing work comes in. Uh, and that was kind of cool. Like one of them, uh, one of the questions you asked what's your favorite 3d printed item? I have a couple, but one of the coolest ones I had is a while ago, there's those, uh, they're called, I think life straws, They're straws that have a filter in them where you can like drink swamp water and it yep. turns it into real water. I know one of my, of what that is, yeah. One of my, uh, one of my customers, they had me design that. So it was basically the casing and then it had a, so the one I did, it would slip in together. And then they would put the the filter and everything in the big spot and lock into place. So they got the dimensions and everything already. And then they went and they got that mass produced and molded. And then they, how it works now is a little bit different, but that's one of the really cool things I made. A lot of the other stuff is, you know, trinkets and small things, but that was something I made that's like, wow, this is, this is really cool. But um, yeah, other than that, I uh, thought of, because I play... I play a bit of commander and to keep track of you know commander tax and life and like commander damage all that I was like no we need to keep this organized so many people are extremely organized people I am not I'm an organized chaos type of guy if it's in a pile somewhere I know what's about in there um but yeah I made my uh my commander my uh, command zones um as just a fun idea I I made one of them and I went to a commander event and so many people asked me where i got it how i got it where it came from and i said all right well give me your email you know i'll, I'll send you pricing and just it's, it's blown up from there and it's just it's crazy yeah, that's, that's awesome
0: yeah awesome. so cool and so like how much are they selling for what do you what, what's the uh how much does that commission go for for you
3: um so the commander trays they're i think they're 8 50 and then three dollars shipping but if you buy more than one at any point in time, it's just additional dollar for shipping for weight wise. Um, I do do some custom stuff, like some people who do uh, partner commanders. I I did, a I, I built a massive one. The thing was, you know, that wide and it was just huge, but it was for partner commanders and they, they absolutely love it. And I had to tweak it a little bit because it's so much more, I mean, in, in 3D printing it's because this is so small and it was so wide, the thing wanted to warp a lot. So I had to you know, tweak a lot of the settings I had set up in my printer, and I think I have the ability to 3D print something that big again, but it was just a lot of fun. And then some people, you know, they say, hey, can you uh, remove the command zone and put like my commander name or anything like that? And I do a lot of uh, branding with LGSs. I think I have seven or eight LGSs now. What I did is I just removed the command zone, and I put in their name here so that they have, uh, so like if they do a commander event, the winner gets one of these for free. Otherwise they can buy one um, at the store and they come in a whole bunch of different colors now. that's
1: Yeah, and, and, an and, awesome. doing, and doing the name portions, I know on SketchUp it's like, you just basically type it and it comes up in a giant rectangle and you can manipulate how you want. It. And then on top of that, you could do it to where you can uh, uh, fill it upwards to where it could be like so many millimeters or however tall you want it. and I played with that a couple of times, like you could do so much stuff with this. It is, yeah. SketchUp is stupidly easy. Like one of my kids, one of my students like told me about it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna play with it. And then like four days later, I was like, oh my God, there's so much you could do here. <laughs> like it's just, it's absolutely insane. So that and with the uh, Hero Fords and then uh, desktop 3D, I mean, cause all I'm using is PLA and I've tried ABS on the Ender 3 and i'm still trying to figure out the settings for that because it's still warping and it's not getting the adhesion so for people who are watching the adhesion is like the sticking to the build plate so what it does is the further the needle gets away it, it starts to bend to where it's off the platform and you get a bad print basically so but it's just um i've i've having i'm having a hard time with abs so i've just stuck with pla and PLA has just been super easy for me. If I can get results like this with PLA, I mean, and if, if it's, a, and I'm a, sim, I'm a simple person anyway. I'm like, I try to be as efficient as possible. If I could get these as efficiently as possible with like, you know, one kilogram of spool being like 20 bucks for any color you want, basically. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. So, you know, you, just to ahead. add,
2: just to add to that real quick, um, what I do to help with the warping is I actually use um, like stick glue, and I'll glue okay. it on the tray, and then I put painters tape on top, and then I put glue on top of that. It actually helps me a lot with warping.
1: Now, is that with <laughs> ABS or do you use something else?
2: Um, no, I mean like on the on the actual tray in the printer, I just use glue and tape pretty much. Uh, but oh, I use PLA though.
1: See, like because like. My, i've never seen and, and i've done that with the mono like and i still do that with my little mono price printer but mm-hmm. i know for sure that that little one the b2 it has the i don't know if y'all could see this but let me show y'all with uh with this particular guard that i made i don't know if you can see that but there's that's the z wobble and you'll see the lines on the shield mm-hmm. where it does that throughout the whole thing so the ender 3 doesn't do that which I'm probably going to get rid of this and get another Ender 3 or go a CR-10. But um, I know for this one, for sure, the heated build plate actually malfunctioned. So I started using the blue painter's tape, and that actually worked well for me. The Ender 3, however, I you know I used to use brims. Now I don't use any sort of – I might use a skirt every now and then. But for all that, I mean, it's – I've never had to put painter's tape or glue. It's just it, – it's, it's one of those magnet it's the magnet plate um it's not even a glass plate it's just the magnet that you peel on and off um and but that's worked well so for me and i' that's one of the reasons I like is you don't have to apply the glue I mean it's it's stupidly easy like like I'm just amazed so how I'm, like, I'm gonna
0: jump in here because i it's as somebody who doesn't do 3d printing I'm getting definitely getting lost and I want to i want to start clarifying a few things here just okay. to like so I mean, I I know I'm hearing about you're talking I think you're talking about printers and I think you're talking about programs. So let's clarify a few things for people at home. So okay. if they're not familiar with printing like you three are understanding this language, but me I don't get that. So let's let's break things down. I want to hear about from each of you the printers you have, the printers you like the most that you use, the printers you wish you could have. So let's go back to Colin. Let's talk about the printers you have which ones are giving you the best performance and then what printer is like your ultimate Christmas gift that you would hope to get. Um, So my, I, of my printers, I have uh, two QD X
3: one twos and I have two uh, QD max and a lot of they're, they're not the most expensive, but they're not the cheapest, but I, I haven't had many issues with them. And because they're both all enclosed, I have no, draft issues at all. So uh, the, the biggest thing with 3D printing is to keep the heat together. And because it's enclosed, there's, there's no drafts that really come in and out. There's just a hole on the top and the door. And they're, it, it is fantastic. Um, I prefer enclosed printers. I had a non-enclosed printer. And to help out with warping and issues, I went to um, uh, Home Depot and I bought a whole bunch of two-by-two two square insulations. built a giant square out of it. Mm. Whenever I'd start the print, I would just put it over top of it that would help keep the heat inside um but i ended up selling that printer because i just i like completely enclosed printers and they they work really well all the doors and uh windows and everything in mine are completely just they're magnetic they just come apart and then once i start printing I just put everything on there and my printer once it's heated up to let's just say i'm doing pla it'll be 200 degrees it'll be done printing at 200 degrees celsius and once the uh once it's done printing it's on cool down it'll still be 185 celsius a half hour later. It takes a long it keeps that heat in really well.
1: Yeah. And for some of y'all who don't know who, what PLA is, PLA is basically one of the simplest like beginner level entry level like material that you use. It's a uh, corn-based, I think it's a high fructose corn syrup based like plastic. Polylactic so, acid. Yeah, that's that's what it that's what it's called, but it's it's like a sugar-based or a corn-based like like so where it's like basically it's non-toxic whereas like abs is a little bit more toxic but um it's more i think it's i think abs is like sturdier and pla is more a little bit more flexible but i know i use pla and pla is a lot easier to work with than abs
3: yeah abs so um pla to print it about 195 to 205 degrees Celsius for a melting point based on you know your your printer and then if you use any like funky weird designs abs you gotta print it at 230 235 mm-hmm. it takes longer to heat up and then your build plate temperature for uh PLA you know 50 55 degrees is a good build plate temperature and then like I use I'm gonna cover the namer I use these glue sticks you know I, I got a case of them like 7 dollars and there's 14.6 yeah. in here off of a really big online marketplace. Um and but I mean and then PLA like the the bed plate in order to print ABS on a bed plate you have to get up around 70 75 degrees Celsius just for the bed plate from my experience and yeah. I prefer to stay away from ABS cuz it takes longer to heat up, it takes longer to cool down. The finish is a little bit better, but that's it's per it's not that big of a deal for what i'm doing it
1: for yeah do you want that many headaches for as like i would say marginal quality compared to like something that's easier more efficient and maybe not the best quality but it gets the job done that's that's yeah. how i would see it
3: Especially when changing filament, if you have ABS in the printer and you're switching to PLA, you have to set the printer at 230 degrees Celsius yep. and then you, you push it to extrude it and then all of a sudden you realize your PLA is kicking in at 230 and it's just melting all over the place. Oh, and yeah, then,
1: it's it's yeah. extruding super fast.
3: Yeah, it is. Or you go backwards. You go from PLA to ABS, and you're like, okay, it's at 200. I, I extrude the rest, the leftover of my PLA, and all of a sudden it jams up because the ABS mm. isn't melted yet. So it's yeah. like, oh, now I got to take the head off of it, and 45 minutes later, clean it. So it's yeah, I, I like PLA, but I mean, I do have customers who do request ABS,
0: but I prefer PLA. It's just a lot uh, easier. We'll be getting into some more material talk.
1: Kaya. Donnie, what? I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to send you this little mono prize so you have something to play with. Because I'm gonna get rid of this soon and get me a crowdy C R ten or an Ender 3. So Are you kidding? I'll probably I, you I, I, need to send me your address and I will send this to you just I
0: barely have time for the paper cardboard game. Well, that you I know have what? This, all you gotta do is,
1: is all you gotta do is click a button. I'll even give you a spool, damn it. Like you're gonna <laughs> bright break. pink. I'll give you a bright brand pink. new like like two pound spool and you just get to play with it. Just do it. It's That's not right. hard. Send I it will right get thing. on Google Hangouts private, <laughs> privately and tell you how to do this. Custom yeah, I will do sessions this. with Coach. There is, there is no question. I will send you this and you will do this, <laughs> young man. Oh, All my right?
0: God. <laughs> young man, he says. Uh, Kaya, so tell us about the hardware. What kind of printers are you working with? And do you have a favorite? What would you like to get?
2: so the current printer i'm using is actually flashforge um i got it maybe like three or four years ago i uh got it off of amazon um i think my alt my next purchase would probably be well my next plan is the persa it's um i just uh heard a couple of great reviews about it i'm still researching currently because i'm not in too too much of a rush to update my printer um but with the pursa uh, I can for instance with my printer I can only print like five inches by five inches whereas with the purse I can like print my entire bolus statue yeah. in one go rather than like in pieces. Cause everything I print that's large on a larger scale, I have to print it in pieces and then put it together.
1: And then see like, my, see, like mine, mine's a I think the mine's an eight and a half. Actually mine's a trying to think and I think a nine by nine by ten and that's a pretty big like surface so and then the one I want so the ender three like I like I mentioned before like the ender three is what I have and I think so far that's my best printer of all the ones I have because I have some little horror stories that we could come back to later but uh (laughs) but the build plate is a really you know it's it's a pretty good build service like I could probably build a smaller version of the complete bolus if I if if i wanted to um and then like the one i want is the another creality the cr10 where it's a 12 by 12 by like 16. so that's why i want to build like you know like the ships for D, or build like the Tarasque. like i've i've built a Tarasque before like it's happened like a, a baby tarrasque oh my but god but i wanted to and i tried printing the the massive trash And I just ran out of filament and I didn't realize I would run out of (laughs) filament. So there's like a three-quarter Tarrasque and then just like nothing else on top because I ran out of filament. And then uh, if I wanted like a big like Christmassy item, because the CR-10 is like 400 bucks. And so being that it also made, this company also made the Ender-3, I'm thinking it has like the same nozzle, same extruder, same build plate style and all that but the one i want i want, like if i really wanted to go all out is like a true maker bot like the 3 grand like big daddy printer like we're going all out
0: yeah
3: but <laughs> if i have to
1: be on a if i have to be on a budget which i am because that ender was not expensive i mean like arguably ultimate Ma- like some of the ultimate masters booster boxes are more expensive than what i bought which is stupid cuz like this is cardboard and I bought a machine that's like twenty dollars less and it makes stuff like it physically makes objects that could kill people. Like and for those
0: <laughs> <with> <laughs> <the>
3: worst, <laughs> went, yeah, for those kill hard. people. All <laughs>
1: right,
0: so. behind them. Meanwhile, imagine the Christmas man. We're just buying innocuous paper cardboard things, it's all fine, whatever. Actually,
2: some of my Warhammer terrain can actually probably kill someone. I've made giant death spikes before. <laughs>
0: it's conversation's going dark
2: <laughs> well know that's you're
0: entertained.
1: you know you like this all well, right you know, so, you, know is, you know this is oh this but going.
2: real quick this is the death spike that i've made it's pretty massive that is
1: totally going to kill you will kill someone with that that's not yeah. a that's not <laughs> dude that's not a it's
2: if not that I kill. It's
1: when i kill someone yeah <laughs> like, it is
2: on top too like i've actually cut myself
1: so what infill that, that, percent is
3: that? Because that thing could have some weight if it's higher than 20. I'm sorry. What infill percent is
1: that? Yeah, what's the infill density? Like 40, 60, 100 Like can you like throw like a javelin? Like is that <laughs> one
3: is that two rolls in, in one?
2: I, I actually <laughs> I actually had to print this in pieces. <laughs> like uh it's actually printed all the way up to here, and then I had to print the rest of it up here.
0: All right. Make a fine hood ornament. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're in Mad Max. <laughs>
2: hey, I like Mad Max. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. All right, coach. Let's get back to you. work. Let's break all right. So we've talked printers. Let's break down some programs. So we've got a bunch of information about the printers you guys like to work with. Okay. Let's talk programs that you like, programs you wish you could get, which ones and programs we should avoid. Like if someone's looking to get into printing, what programs should they just stay the hell away from?
1: Oh that like Okay, so I know what basically what I use is I use the new Cura 4.0, and I think that's for me using Cura the last year or so. Like, that's that's been such an easy program to work with. Another program I use to kind of play with Cura also is Blender, to where you can like combine different 3D like files and make basically whatever you want. Um, what was the, there was another printer that I had. It was uh oh my gosh. Well, I can't remember the name. So right as I, I know there's a bad printer program. I just can't remember what it is. If I figure it out, I will let you guys know. No, I'll that's, it, like that's stop a good sign. Show. It's a good
0: sign that it was so bad that you expunged it from your brain and yes, you repressed I the memory it. of it.
1: It's so, gone. It's gone
0: are on 10th street. It's all about positive vibes. So let's talk about the good stuff. So you've yes. got your current programs. What's a program. That's like the Cadillac program. I that you say
1: for, for me personally, it's Cura, the new Cura for 4.0 and it's free, which is awesome. So that's just my take. So anybody else want to, want to chime in and what y'all use? Hopefully. Like y'all haven't had bad experiences. Kaya, let's go me. to you.
0: What what do you got for your programs? What's your preference? What would you like to get into?
2: So my ultimate preference is 3ds max. Um, it's, it's honestly very user friendly. I learned on that program. Um, I really liked it personally, but I'm no longer a student. So I lost the licensing for it and to pay for it. It's like, that. Was, it's a lot of money. Um, and not to contradict you, but uh, I actually do not like Blender. I-, I don't think it's very user-friendly. I'm trying to uh, – I've been kind of slow at learning it. It's just been a rocky road for me with Blender.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Best. I'm suddenly taken the Baskin-Robbins. Never mind. I'm sorry. Not for <laughs> Okay. Colin, let's talk programs. What do you got? What do you want?
3: So, in my opinion, if you're starting out and you want to learn and use a very easy system to build 3D model stuff, Tinkercad is amazing. It is very simple. You can do a lot with it. Uh, you can, you know, see designs other people have built. You can build your own stuff. It's, it's, it's. They set it up kind of like Lego style, and you can download the STL right to your, um, right to your software that puts it into g-code i mean that's a really user-friendly one but um, mine that i mainly use is i have a uh, for the for the contract work i do i do a lot with uh, autocad it's oh not yeah e- it is it is in my mind it's the cadillac system but it is not easy to use it mm-hmm. once you learn how to use it it's kind of easy But for for me going from a typical 3D CAD build type style like a Tinkercad or uh, there's a couple other ones I tried in the middle. But once you get into AutoCAD, it is a completely different style style suite and it does anything that you can imagine it can do. Uh, But there's a lot of times now because it's such a, I'm not going to say clunky, but because there's so much going on with it. Sometimes I still go back to Tinkercad to make small, really simple things because the process is just so much easier
0: all right so let's now we've talked printers we've talked programs let's talk about materials and i I ever i want to pose a question to the three of you just because it's more of an this is getting into like environmental conservation kind of stuff but up until recently china was buying garbage from the u.s literally like sending we would send recycling to china they would buy our stuff so local waste distribution centers would actually make a profit they would get money from companies that was shipped to China mm-hmm. and now the table's been flipped. They have to pay people to get rid of recycling waste. So plastics in particular are something that I'm curious about. I've always thought with all this plastic floating around the world, why hasn't somebody decided to start turning it all into dice because nerds like to hoard dice. So <laughs> the truth is, so I, I'm sure like grocery store plastic bags don't necessarily feed into a 3d printer, but I wanna hear about the materials you use. I want to hear about anything you may have seen in forums or whatnot regarding something like that. Is there any do you think there's a future for taking old waste plastic and turning it into a usable product for something like 3D printing? So what you have, what you use, what you like, and potential future uses of different materials. So Colin, let's go with you.
3: Um, so I have about I'm sitting in my office right now about thirty boxes of different color PLA, um, all two kilo, all one point seven five millimeter versus three mm-hmm. millimeter. It's smaller, um, and it's just what I prefer. I prefer Hatchbox brand. I've never had any issues with it. I've tried Amazon Basics. I've tried a couple of the other ones, but Hatchbox brand is fantastic i've never had a roll screwed up i've never had any issues i mean there was one time where i went to feed the the end in and i let go of it and it swelled three times backwards so i had to roll out five meters of filament just to get the knot out Sounds uh, about right yeah right yeah um and and the tubes are so small to fit the filament into i have big hands i just have to you know <laughs> it's, it's like threading a needle uh but hatchbox ban- brand not sponsored, but they are fantastic. They are amazing and I can't recommend it enough. They have a lot of color variety. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, you know, glow in the dark, they have carbon fiber. They have did you, get the, did you get
1: the uh, the silk PLA yet?
3: I haven't. I've been playing with carbon fiber.
1: I got I got bronze and I got the uh I got a different now there was the there was a silk gold and that was from a different brand and it's awesome. Like the uh the silk bronze, I think that I have from Hatchbox. It's awesome. It it really like for an it's like an extra two dollars per roll, but it's like it's worth it. It it does the job.
3: Oh yeah, Hatchbox PLA is or any of the products that I've had. Like when I do uh, ABS, I get through Hatchbox. It's a little bit, in my opinion, it's a little bit more expensive than the other 3D materials, but it's worth it. You're not buying the lowest quality you're buying, good quality stuff, but it's also not the most expensive. It's it's really good. I couldn't recommend it high enough. Um, But as for what you were talking about in recycling, there is a product out there and it's a machine. It's about $3,000 and it takes leftover 3D printed material. You know, you have to use the material that you use so you can't mix ABS and PLA. But if you had a whole bunch of PLA left over from scraps or from uh, skirts or bridges or anything like that, it grinds it up it heats it up and then it it actually strings out and prints out the filament. And that's really cool, but a lot of the stuff I do I would never need that, but uh, a place that I know who they're a big they're a warehouse with about 400 uh, 3D printers that just do mass 3D printing. They got two of these. And they just they they reuse their junk filament and it's it's really cool. I've seen it used and it was it was really cool to see, but me I just i just throw mine away.
0: And do do you think there's any for that kind of a machine? Do you think there's any way to apply that to something like leftover grocery shopping bags or anything like that? Or I think, there, just is. The, I think right,
3: there is. I think there is. I just think we're a little early for that right now because I, I I don't. We're still probably out. in
1: like the experimental stages of something like that. So
0: yeah, because we're doing yeah yeah. I'm just curious because when I'm here, uh, when I'm listening to the radio, I'm hearing about these stories about the fact that garbage companies are now having to pay to ship out their plastic. There's, that's like free product just sitting there waiting yeah. for somebody to figure out these machines and take it. Uh, so let's go over to Kaya. Kaya, what kind of material are you working with as far as your filaments?
2: So um, I'm actually working with um, 3D Solutech, I believe it's called. Um, it's a little bit cheaper, but it works for wh- what I needed to do. Uh, I haven't had any issues with it.
0: Anything, any other products, like any other materials you'd like to work with, or is that just kind of like that's um, your go-to?
2: It's my go-to for now, uh, just because, like <laughs> I said, it works within my budget. But I have used Hatchbox before, and I, I haven't had issues with that one either. I'm still kind of experimenting with, excuse me, the type of materials I want to use. But for right now, I've just been using the 3D soul Tech.
0: All right, and Coach, let's. I think you. Let's talk about your filament materials. What kind of stuff do you like to work with?
1: Right there, all PLA. <laughs> <laughs> They're all hanging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <These laughs> See, this is too. how so this like how filament. I throw you all off. And here's here's the thing. Here's the kicker. My PLA choice, Hatchbox, and Sayutech. <laughs> and I still have left, and I still have left over that <laughs> leftover Amazon Basics crap. Because yeah. Top left. Yeah. Well, okay. Adjust, so I'll be
0: getting the Amazon Basics, right?
1: All right. So bought a TiVo Tornado, which I'm pretty sure Kai remembers what I was trying to build. I sent you and Miguel Zavala, who is absolutely a great artist. But I remember, I think last month, of the month before, I started building the TiVo, something with the TiVo Tornado. I was like, Hey, look at this. And everyone's like giving give me advice and all this And this ginormous printer. So I switched over from Hatchbox to, and then I started printing with, Oh, I wonder how Amazon basics works. Well, I printed a night statue in silver. It's great. I still have the picture. I think I've sent it on Twitter. It's awesome. Okay. So to finish off the leftover silver, all right. I decided to build a log cabin, like something for d like a D&E building, like just something super simple. 13-hour build. Okay, it's fine. Go to bed. Come back up. Somewhere between, like halfway through the build, we must have had a power shortage, power outage, because there's no resume print on this. So when I came back, the whole print reset itself. So it started from the very beginning. So it printed like a half layer, like <laughs> half of the structure. And then somewhere between that just restarted itself. I don't know how this even worked because the whole log cabin was like being printed on top of another log cabin, like to the side. <laughs> and so by the time I got up, there was this just tumor of like
2: great, like break.
1: silver gray PLA plastic. And so I, I I turn off the printer and it's still hot. And so I was like, okay, all I have to do is just pull it because it should melt. Right. Bullshit. I pull on it and the whole housing unit just collapses. It's just done like screws, wires. It is done. Like that bastard was like melted to the, to the yellow tape, to the, to the whole unit just (laughs) so. I'm pissed, and this is like this. Is a printer that's only like a week old at this point. So I tried to like. I was so pissed. I was like, this is like the second or third printer, like because I wanted a big printer, and this is when I was just like, screw it. I'm gonna go to the Ender Three, and now I'm like not regretting that anymore. But before that, I was been I've been trying to work through like different large printers, and this is the third one, different brand. This is like screw it. I'm just gonna send it back. Amazon gave me the money back. But then I called them. I was like, hey, I want to order the Ender 3. And so they gave me like $140 back and they gave me sent me my Ender 3 like the same day with like another thing of filament. But dude, yeah, like Amazon Basics destroyed my like $400 printer. Like destroyed like. Pfft. God. So, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm. It might not. it might not have been the plastic. I just hate Amazon because there were so many <laughs> warping issues with PLA. It didn't stick well. It was a bad sign to begin with. Like I already had problems with that. And so but that was the the dirty bastard I think that <laughs> that destroyed my TiVo tornado. Because it was working okay. And then I'd started using Amazon oh. Basics. And it was it was no uh, no that was a bad sounds idea. Like,
0: sounds like a fantastic train
1: wreck. So I, it was it was it was god awful. Like well, I was and, what, and if, if Grace if Grace ever gets on the little show she could tell you how pissed off i was like just like yeah all i hear is yeah, you yelling and screaming about your printers like which is true which is obviously true so but, brainstorm
0: brewery did a wifey wife edition of of an episode oh, maybe she, maybe we'll do something like
1: maybe one day me. but oh she would she would have stories for she would have war stories for you <laughs> All right. So let's
0: let's round out. Let's talk about the last piece for the 3D printing. Let's talk about your favorite pieces. Not the nightmare pieces that destroyed your printer, but <laughs> let's talk about like the the coolest, funnest piece that you've made that you're like the proudest of. Like you're just it's all right. It's I'm gonna need bomb. a
1: picture. I'm gonna need a picture because
0: I'm right, gonna so I, while you
1: while you well, guys talk about that, I will find pictures. So right. you find your pictures. I'm going picture, to Kaia, Kaia,
0: let's talk to you. Let's talk about what's your favorite 3D printing piece? What's like what just like nailed it for you?
2: So, it's weird because I ha- I'm really torn between two pieces. So, I I don't know if you guys know, but I'm actually made all of the Moxes at one point. I- yep,
1: I printed all of them too. So
2: I
0: see I remember those and it was they were really cool and then the Mox Pro is like this one thing that rolls around. Mm-hmm.
2: That thing is a nightmare to paint. I hate painting with white paint. I don't know if anyone's experienced with that, but white paint is a nightmare to paint with. And I hated, like, because I had to roll it around, and then I kept creasing the paint, and I I hated doing that one. Dip it. Uh, Yeah, dipping it, but then I have to hold it. (laughs) No,
0: you're just hanging on a string.
2: You know. (laughs) Uh, I know. Where
0: was I? I'm sorry. I was late.
2: The the thing, yeah, so the thing is, I, I want to say the moxes, but, like, so the way I made them was I 3D printed the frame part of it, and I put a little chain looped into here. And this is without the actual jewel. The jewel I made out of uh, resin, and I put the resin on there. So to me, in my head, I feel like that's just, like, half 3D printed, half resin, half metal. So the thing I'm most proud about aside from those 3D printed wise, just solely 3D printed is my Bolus statue. Yep. I, made that thing. I, I made that thing from a single plane. It was my baby and I, I just loved it so much every step of the way, even though it was a nightmare. There were a lot of tears, <laughs> but I made it work and then my cat destroyed it. <laughs> Knocked it right off the table into a Cute. million pieces. Evil kitty. <laughs> I know. It, meow meow, yeah. life's creation, meow meow
0: tears.
2: I think, yeah. I think Balazs the king to take a thing or two from my cat.
0: <laughs> is it wasn't it was it okay, zombie Oketra that was like stealing Bull's spark? Did I see that right?
2: I think so. I can't remember like,
0: gonna... Bontu's biting his hand and one of the other gods is stealing the spark. IDK. I don't remember. I know what you're talking about, though. I just don't remember. Yeah, I want to, like, figure that out. Maybe Chad will figure it out for us. I won't have to do the work. That's
2: going to bother me now.
0: (laughs) All right, Colin, tell us about your favorite piece that you've 3D printed.
3: Actually, I have two that are so close to tie that I couldn't make a decision. Um, My commander trays are nice, but my favorite thing I 3D printed is I'm a huge God of War fan, and I 3D printed... (laughs) the gods of chaos, the blades of chaos Yes. and I, I painted them all. I, I put metallic paint on them and everything and I hung them up on the wall and they were amazing. And then one of my friends came over and he goes, Hey, I'll buy those from you. And I'm like, how much? And he told me and I'm like, okay, <laughs> and I sold them to him because I could just remake them. But he gave me a stupid amount. He's he are those real? Cause I used like 50% infill. I mean, they were heavy. And like, they were really cool. The chain was like metallic-y, and like, it was really sweet. Uh, the only one that's tied with that is I am also a huge Crash Bandicoot fan. Uh, there we go. Yeah. And uh, with the uh, release or the announcement of the Crash Team Racing recoming out, I actually 3D printed. It's about 18 inches wide, about 12, uh, 18 inches long, 12 inches uh, wide, a Ripper Roo on his cart and i I actually it's at one of my friend one of my friends owns an lgs and it's sitting there because they're going to do a a thing for the release and it's it's really cool and i can't wait to get that back because that's just going to sit on a shelf somewhere because the thing um it was it was on my cutie max it was a 54 hour print and it was, I was yeah. waking up in the middle of the night, just making
1: sure it was good.
3: and Making I, sure
1: it didn't reset and make tumors like mine did.
3: Exactly. Because on that long of a print, it is a nightmare. You just go check it because every, you know, five, six hours, okay, everything is good. Make sure there's enough filament on the back of it. Make sure everything's fine. And then the printing part of it. Uh, but it was one solid piece. And it I did actually 65% infill. And I used right around an entire roll of filament on it. And the thing is, it, it's about yeah, about, let's say it's about uh, 15 to 18 inches tall, 18 inches wide, and 12 inches uh, 18 inches long, 12 inches wide. And I am so excited to get this thing back. <laughs> Sweet.
1: That's... All right, Coach, you got those pictures? All right. Here's the first one. The statue, the horse statue. Now, all both of these are 100% infill because I want a solid like beast. So this was the this is before. This is the. It, this was the picture before log cabin tumor destroy TiVo tornado like incident. And then the first one, I here's the test. So I did a test print, and then I was like, "Screw it, we already have a big enough build plate." So my first true successful print was this badass little thing no, but- that took the full TiVo tornado twelve by twelve by fifteen build surface. Or um, Except for the width, obviously, because of a, the ship design, but that took 24, 26 hours and used about 500 grams. That is also 100% density, like, ship. So, but it was, that was my first true print on the TiVo Tornado. And then after that, it was kind of, like, garbage, basically. <laughs> so, it, yeah, I, yeah, it's no bueno
0: fantastic that's this is all things that are foreign language to me and thank you you will get a printer
1: sometime soon you better send me your address I will send this bad boy to you
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I mean I'll print out dice that's what I'll do I'll print out dice no you can't because the bottom piece if you do dimples you'll be
3: fine but the bottom piece that's on the bottom is going to be flush with it Mm -hmm. and all the other numbers will be fine your bottom piece is going to be screwed up unless you print it on a corner
0: Stop ruining my dreams.
3: No, I'm just trying to help you out. (laughs) I want to help you out. You print it on on the corner, and you'll be fine. So all
0: the corners have to be like little flat surfaces, essentially. Or or rounded. Okay. Or you
2: can just just do, like, you can have the little stands, like the break-off stands, like on the sides. No, Donnie, you just
1: do you, son. Just do you.
0: Seriously, I've got the bit most exciting thing for me as far as, like, nerd stuff goes... One of the places I work had one of these secure, like, lockable cabinets with a garage door style, like, folds down. I'm putting all my paper nerd stuff in that cabinet. It's, oh, God, it's awesome. It's, and the shelves are designed to carry a couple metric tons. So no card stock is ever going to warp those shelves. That's my excitement. I can't even talk about 3D printing. <laughs> 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 I live a simple life. Please send help. All right, so that was a really cool discussion on 3D printing. And this is a time that we're going to go around the bend and talk to every, get, have you get all your details about where can people find you. Let's go to Colin. Colin, where can people find you on the interwebs?
3: Um, so you can find me on Twitter on, I think it's uh, game underscore jester. Um, I can, I can let you know that for sure in like one second. But other than that, I do have a, uh, on Etsy, I am the Game Jester, a small account that I'm working on. A lot of my stuff really doesn't flow through there. A lot of it's just people emailing me. Um, I have a YouTube account, I'm doing some box openings. Uh, I'm planning on doing some 3D printing tutorials and some other stuff that's gonna be a lot of fun that I'm working on. Um, I do tons of giveaways, but yes, my Twitter handle is at Jester understore game. And then that's how you can get a hold of me through, through online. Um, but yeah, that's about
0: it. All right. Kaya, where can we find you?
2: So, um, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Kaya Vess, K-Y-A-V-E-S-S. I also have a YouTube channel. Um, I do have a couple of podcasts on there and a few videos. Uh, maybe I'll put some stuff up in the future. It's, uh, you could just look up the girl with the Lotus tattoo um and then the waiting
1: for waiting for invites too. I'm just saying YouTube channels need to, need to invite the coach on there. Right. Let me know.
2: Yes. <laughs> hey,
1: uh, summertime is in four weeks. All right. So we'll have all we'll have all 45 days to work with. <laughs> coach has free time. I do. It's awesome. Hashtag coach it's free great time. being a teacher.
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, And then lastly, you can also find me on Facebook, although I don't post as frequently on Facebook as I do on Twitter, but Facebook, it's also the girl with the lotus tattoo. All
0: right. Coach, give us a spiel.
1: Where are you you at? All right. So you can find me on YouTube at the Card Bazaar, where currently I'm still working on the the, uh, Dominaria timeline, which is basically like a part two to that, Kind of famous MTG timeline I did last year, but it's only I guess kind of strictly for Dominaria, and it goes to the War Spark. Yeah, I'm going to be using the new cards. That's what I got excited about in the very beginning of the episode. Um, you can also find me on Twitter by going to Coach at the Card Bazaar CC. CC, by the way, does not mean collectible cards. Let's just get that out of the way. It means it's like short for Corpus Christi, where I live. It's like two hours, like north of the Mexican border. Um, Crackpack Fever, who is also in the text, could vouch for me because we are like, we're basically border buddies almost. Because, um, lots of times I usually visit the valley, which is like the area right between the Mexican border and like the United States, like the, that little, uh, just that little area that's like close to the border. So I'm in like Crackpack Fever's neighborhood. So, um, but I think, let's see, what else do I have? Oh, yes. I also have podcast too, which, I don't remember what the podcast name was. It's probably the Card Bazaar. So far, it's only the audiobook that's on there, because people don't want to actually go on YouTube. So it's on Anchor FM. I, JJ from MTG Strategist, could tell you. But um, and then I also have a Thingiverse account. So if you look up the Card Bazaar, um, you could find my account there. You could look at some of the designs I did on Desktop Hero 3D, some of the other stuff I did from SketchUp. But yeah, that's basically what I got and that's what I'm working on and hopefully Brothers War uh as far as an audiobook would be the summertime project and I'll be able to release it um during football season.
0: All right. And for those of you at home, my name is Johnny Slivers. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Slivers. You can find me at Carsphere.com, blogging, EDH, blah, 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 all that good stuff. And you can tweet at me if you have questions about that because I don't go to Reddit. And you can also – where else? I've got a YouTube channel. It's called Cackling Carnarium. But really, you'll find me here at They Said, We Said on 10th Street Hooligans. So with that said, uh, this show – I was, I did not know any of that stuff about 3d printing and this was really cool. So until next time, uh, thank you for joining us. I hope you had a great time. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comments below. Also be sure to click that subscribe button, click the little shiny bell button. If you want to hear about the stuff that's coming up because Mr. Dunning also has all kinds of stuff going on with director's cut, u tunes and the hive mind. And by all means, Bug John Dunning for some questions because I'm sure he loves to hear from you. (laughs) Ding. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. Kaya, thank you. Colin, this was awesome. Coach, as always. And until next time, have a fantastic evening.